I'm back. But you didn't expect that, did you? Thought it would be just a one-off and I'd run away, just watch Impact Wrestling and never talk about it again. Sorry about that. I'm back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the second edition of the Impactful Pod. I'm Keith, I'm the man behind the Twitter handle at Impactful Pod, and this is the second edition. Bound for Glory was good, wasn't it? So good, in fact, that I've created a little song about it, uh, and it's going to be to the tune of My Favourite Things, because I figured everybody else is going to be reviewing the show, talking about their favourite things. How many people are going to be singing about their favourite things? Kylie Ray wrestling, then Swaggle appearing. Eddie Edwards at one persevering. Raj Rohit Mahabali gone in a click. Then Joey Ryan appeared with his dick. Tyre retaining, goodbye to Tennille. RVD turning, that's right, he's a heel. North win their belts in 14 minutes-ish. Elgin Marafuji was great, real brutish. X-title matchup was something real. Whoa! Tessa, Ace Austin, Jake Darga, Romero. Ladders are plenty, tables and a title. This is why BFG was far from dull. When Shamrock dove, when Moose cheated, when Cage met Callahan, they beat the shit out of each other until Sammy turned straight into a dead man. Again, rather than singing, I guess, and also recapping in great detail about Bound for Glory, because we've all watched it. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Uh, I've rewatched it and watch, watch, watch it. Uh, I'm just gonna list off some things that I enjoyed about it. So starting off, uh, the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. Is it Battle Royal or Battle Royale or Battle Royal? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Eddie, fantastic Iron Man. I love the fact that Madman Fulton looked like a beast. Um, via Twitter, somebody, I can't remember their name now, said that it was fantastic to see Eddie being such a psychopath that when Joey Ryan was in there, and he was going to be doing the dick train thing, that Eddie Edwards actually grabbed onto a dick. That's how much of a psychopath he is. Um, I'd also say that watching Jordan Grace giving uh, Johnny Swinger exactly what he deserved after he slapped her ass, perfect. Um, Shearer and Fulton kind of wailing on each other. Again, really good to see. Made them both look like absolute beasts. Uh, very happy with that. And Shearer now looks slightly more credible. Um, what did we... What did we have next? We had uh, Tyre and Tennille. Um, Johnny Bravo company and Tyre to the ring, obviously. Dressed like the Joker. Not so obvious, but it was there. Um, I enjoyed Frank Presley, the little dog. Uh, and I also enjoyed commentary referring to the dog as Hennigan and Mundo. Both names that Johnny Impact, when he was in uh, other promotions, used. So that was a, a nice little nod. Uh, Brian Stifler made an appearance. Whoop, whoop. Uh, apparently it was two years according to his Twitter. We've missed you, Brian. Welcome back. Personally, I was glad that Ty retained. I know there'd been a lot of angst online, which is obviously the core of all angst, worrying about Tennille picking it up after having only seemingly just walked into the company, but the right person won. Tennille looked quite strong in it as well. Um, my thoughts are that Tennille should potentially move back down the card and start from scratch again and that can be kind of a redemption for a work her way through the women's division 
and if it so happens that she's going to be competing for the championship again that'd be a great redemption story i think tag titles next uh, and just before i get into tag titles i thought bound for glory was really well booked there was a nice mix of um tag matches uh multi-man and woman matches singles competitions and it was nice kind of pacing throughout the entire show uh, tag match really up the level again uh just offense 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 uh it was fantastic in sport especially american sports either offense or defense uh let's use american football as the example so there's an offensive side and a defensive side two separate teams in wrestling who is really good defensively like who's got good defense no one talks about that i'd be interested to hear if anybody does actually or is actually known for their defense not too sure going back to this match anyway uh, swan and mac i think are going to be an incredible team moving forward i like i love mac uh, super super talented but it looks like his future seems to be with Swan in a tag team. They're getting some good offense together, and I love tag teams when they work together. Uh, the North are so good at doing that, so, so good. Uh, really interesting when you watch it back between RVD and Rhino. Uh, obviously, with the RVD ending to the match, everything that they did during the match now starts to make sense. So there's a couple of occasions, which I thought was weird at the time, when there was uh, a breakup attempt between like if RVD and Rhino were going to go into the ring to try and break up one of the pinning attempts because obviously it was a, a three corners match any of the teams could be in the ring at any time um, and even if you're not pinned you can still not win the match um, or lose the match sorry uh, yeah sorry rumbling on uh, RVD and Rhino every time they went to go and break up a pin RVD would get there first which I thought was unusual I just thought maybe miscommunication maybe they hadn't talked about who was going in there maybe poor timing but when you start to work out, oh, yes, it's all building. And again, I know they talked about it on commentary, which I'll come to in a second. Uh, Willie Mack executed a six-star splash, and RVD was on the top rope at the time. And I know that Josh Alexander had been holding on to his boot, but if you look at RVD's face, you can see he's kind of a bit pissed off over it. Um, and again, commentary did such a good job of mentioning the fact that RVD has had a lot of his moves stolen over time, but his reaction at the end of the match shouldn't really be the catalyst for that. I'm going to be loving RVD as a heel. It's been a long, long time coming. We all know it. We all love RVD, but maybe with his... Oh, this is maybe going outside what I should be talking about, but maybe with everything that's kind of happened away from the ring, maybe they plan to then turn RVD heel because of the kind of heat that he was getting outside of the ring and kind of the personal stuff that's been going on. So, yeah, really looking forward to RVD being a central point. I know people complain about just let new talent come through listen impact's got a lot of fresh young talent having a couple of experienced names who are veterans in there who can bring a different element to it definitely do it and especially with rvd so talented the man can do stuff at the age of 40 plus that i couldn't do at any stage in my life so i'm always going to be in awe of that um north the north retain it was almost like an afterthought when i was watching it I, I was more interested in why RVD had turned and there was no explanation. Um, the North, quick little fact for you, they've got over 107 days of uh, single reign as uh, tag team champions, but the longest reign is held by Abyss and Crazy Steve, which is 197 days for a single run as tag team champions. So the North, in early 2020, if they're holding the belts, they might actually eclipse that. 
talked about pacing, didn't we? Elgin and Marafuji, it seemed like it was going to be the slowdown of BFG, something a little bit more methodical. Elgin is a, a brutish man. If you listen to my song that I just sang, you will realise that he's quite brutish. Um, yeah, this was, honestly, at times I had to turn away from it uh, or look through my fingers a little bit because these guys were just wailing on each other. So vicious, disgusting, equally exciting. Um, yeah, and I think there's a moment in there. Um, what's the time of it? 1.36.06. I've even jotted that one down. I did my research. Uh, was arguably the closest pin attempt I think you'll ever see. I legitimately thought Marafuji had been pinned at that point. Later on, he did obviously get pinned, but I thought he'd got pinned at that point. But it was the closest three count I think I've ever seen. And I've been watching wrestling for a number of years. Incredible work by both parties. Uh, Elgin and Marafuji putting on possibly one of the most underrated matches on the entire card. And then it's the ladder match. Yeah, just an unreal, unreal match. I don't think I've ever seen anybody look as comfortable on a ladder as Ace Austin. I mean that, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You can't disprove that thinking. That's not just rash comments from me. I genuinely believe Ace Austin is the most comfortable man running up ladders and jumping onto ladders that I've ever seen. Uh, just unreal. So many spots within the match that everybody's been talking about and gifting. AC Romero diving uh, to the outside and being clubbed by a ladder. Um, his eventual fall off of the ladder or push off of the ladder. Dear AC Romero, you signed a contract only days before Bound for Glory, and yet, in one of the biggest matches, arguably of your career, and certainly of Impact's year, you were pushed from near the top of the ladder, I think it was, near the top of the ladder, over the top rope, and through a table. That is the most commitment anybody could ever ask of you. You've certainly earned my respect. Unbelievable, just, yep, completely earned my respect by those actions. Uh, signed a contract days before Bound for Glory, and the match didn't look like he hadn't ever been part of it. He looked like he was meant to be there. Every spot was just phenomenal. Uh, and he really added a nice element to the fact that the X Division is obviously built upon weight limits don't matter. Um, again, another nice moment from the crowd chanting, please don't die, when quite a few people were on the uh, top rope and there was ladders around. Josh Matthews just whispered under his breath, at least they're a passionate group. Uh, the commentary all night was spot on for me. They really add something to every single match. They're either educating you on a match, the history of the wrestlers, um, the style of the match, they're giving you the rules of it, talking about uh, different moves and why certain things are done within them, elevation in order to to create greater tension within a, in a, uh, in a limb. Um, for me, Josh Matthews uh, and Don Callis are really the top of their game, such an underrated part. I don't feel like it's talked enough about. And Josh Matthews, I'm really happy for Josh as well. Been with Impact since 2014, been such a staple of it. Um, and I never feel like he's really been given his credit. And hopefully, now that they've moved to Access TV, uh, he'll start to be heard a bit more and he'll start to get some of the credit that he fully deserves. And obviously Ace Austin won. I know everybody, literally everybody wanted Tessa to win. They'd seen the story arc and they felt now's the time, but I thought it was booked in such a way where Tessa still remains super strong. It continues storylines of OVE where Dave Chris, uh, Dave Chris sorry, 
Madman Fulton came in um, and took up her energies and her attention. Um, she didn't look weak at any stage during this. The fact that she was fingertips away from winning the title against four other guys in a grueling match, even with the interference, she was right there. And then it was only because Ace Austin is number one Spider-Man and number two had his baton. Are we going to call it a baton? What's it called? A cane? He's a bit like Gambit. He's very much like Gambit, in fact. His hairstyle is like Gambit. I don't know if this is a known thing. Has he ever wrestled as Gambit on the indies? I don't know enough. Um, but yeah, she she really came off so strong in this. It's only a matter of time before she starts winning uh, belts again. And the story now is building more and more towards OVE. Is she going to resume a, um, a level of competition with Sammy Callahan based on what happened in the main event? Or is his attention going to be elsewhere? How is Tessa going to come from where she is, which is now she's been treated as an underdog almost, where all the odds are stacked against her? Is she going to be able to overcome them? And when is she going to overcome them? The payoff for this is going to be huge, absolutely huge. There's so many different ways you can go with this, and that's another thing that I'll get to in a second. But yeah, Ace Austin won it, fully deserved. Very excited to see what he does with it. I think somebody, or even he had been calling it the Triple X division. I mean, his slightly sex-pestish sex pestish gimmick... Uh, Makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, it just means that he's going to get his comeuppance at some stage. Comeuppance, that's a word. I've just spent the last three days with my mum, that's why. I'm using mum language. Comeuppance. Um, moving very, very swiftly on. Moose and Shamrock. I feel like this got the most negative feedback online um, from people that I've spoken to. I kind of understand why. Because it was following the X Division match, which was unreal. One of the matches of the year. Um... I don't really know what people wanted out of this. I know that some people didn't want it at all and were worried about Shamrock's ability. Uh, some people are worried about how Moose is looking when he's doing these things, like having to face somebody who's 55. Should Moose not be competing for a title? And again, that's something that a lot of people are debating. Is he title worthy? There are a couple of things within this match that I really... Listen, you can look at it two ways, can't you? You can look at it negatively or positively. I'm going to stick to the positive. Um, I put it on Twitter. I'm just going to reiterate it here there are several high points for me um, shamrock looks like just he looks like a bag of muscles wrapped in cling film and just spray painted there's not an ounce of fat on him there's nothing else but veins and abs and it's ridiculous and i feel so bad about my life because i don't look anywhere near that and i'm at least 15 years younger than him nearly 20 years younger yeah he, credit to himself um the Fight Network documentary, uh, Diary of Ken Shamrock, watched it before Bound for Glory, really added to the story and about where he's come from, from transitioning from MMA world into wrestling and how he was treated when he got into wrestling by his own peers and by uh, wrestling peers. For him to come back at 55 and be in the second to last event, uh, matchup, sorry, of Impact Wrestling's biggest event of the year is credit. Um, it was never going to be a straight fight it was never going to be like an MMA fight it was never going to be a wrestling fight it was always going to have shenanigans uh, and there were a lot of people will complain about the number of shenanigans for me it just means that it shows the desperation of Moose he knew that he was going to be in trouble against the world's most dangerous man or deadliest man world's most dangerous man I'm sure somebody said world's most deadliest mm. uh, so he had to use interference uh, through uh, his manager removing the turnbuckle so the steel was exposed uh, pulling the referee into shamrock to release holds all of these kind of things just build on moose being more of a heel and i'm all for that 
There's also a moment in the match that probably won't get talked about in very many places, and that's that Moose actually saved Shamrock's life. Again, not going to get talked about a whole lot, but if you go back to 2 hours, 14 minutes and 40 seconds, have a look at Shamrock diving out the top rope for the very first time, which is something he actually did twice, but for the first time, dove over the top rope. He would have gone head first into the floor had Moose not saved him. I kid you not, Shamrock was going to go head first into the floor. So credit to Moose there, never going to be talked about. Um, but yeah, you're a hero in my eyes, Moose, a hero. Uh, some more nice uh, moments later on, like I say, Shamrock dove over the top rope for a second time. Uh, and also the nostalgia of the chair shot. Um, Rock and Shamrock back in WWF. Rock smashed Shamrock in the face with a chair. And this was a really nice moment where Moose looked like he was going to be doing the same. Shamrock avoided it. But Shamrock was on his knees, beckoning Moose on. Moose had the chair, swung, missed. Didn't matter in the end, though. Just a nice little moment that they captured well. Finally, it was the main event of the night, which I could talk about and gush about for half an hour solid. I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up the next day thinking about it. I still think about it. Uh, I'm still in shock over it. It was still one of the best moments of the night, one of the best matches of the night. Uh, yeah, just there was so much going on. The fact that it was DQ, the Brian Cage requesting it being DQ, I thought that put the ball more into Sammy's Callahan's court. Uh, his his promo that he recorded from a couple of days before, where he was talking about how people didn't respect him and they didn't appreciate what he was doing or understand what he was doing, I bought into it massively. I thought. They're going to put the strap on Callahan. It made perfect sense. Uh, didn't expect the ending. Also with the ending, I've got one question, which is, what now beats Cage? Because if Callahan can't do it in a match type that is befitting him, and after pile driving him onto some thumbtacks after the beating he took, how is Cage going to get beaten? Like, I legit don't know anymore. I don't know what beats him. When I was writing notes for this, I sat there after writing it thinking, I don't know what beats him, what top trumps Brian Cage. Impact Wrestling needs to do top trump cards. They really need to do top trump cards. I mentioned it on Twitter a couple of days ago. They need to stop bringing back trading cards and action figures because I'll be fully on board with that. Um, but they need to, yeah, top trump cards would be amazing. Who'd be top trump? Oh, well, it's got to be Cage at the moment. But then there's always that one quality that each card has where you think, oh, yeah. No, that's not a great card, but then it can probably trump 90% of the pack just based on this one obscure uh, rating. Yeah, top trump cards. Who'd be your favourite? Um, so yeah, tons to unpack with that match. I love the fact that Cage won, complete shock to me. I was slightly disappointed, truthfully, I was disappointed. I wanted to see the era of Callahan, but when Callahan posted online the next day about this isn't over yet, it's far from over, it got me excited. And that's a really good thing about where, is in, where Impact is at right now which is there's so many different ways they can go with these stories. I'm desperate now to tune in to the next episode because if you take it all the way back, what's Eddie Edwards going to be doing with his decision? Uh, which belt is he going to be going after? I think a lot of people are believing it's uh, going to be after the X Division because Ace Austin's got it and they've obviously got heat. Um, I don't know. I kind of posed the question of... would or a statement of wouldn't it be good if he created his own title because I really feel that Impact needs another title um, 
and again, conversation online, I can't remember the Twitter handle now, I'm really sorry about that, mentioned bringing back a TV title or a US champion title, something where is a little step up for wrestlers to then, so you can see, you, you know where they're gonna be headed next. So if you are the holder of that, you know you're gonna be getting a title shot. I know the X Division's had, had that historically, but I like the idea of having another belt. X Division is a different title for me. It's got its own category altogether. I, me personally, I don't want to see that mixed up with going for a world heavyweight title shot. Although, I guess historically, I've loved the fact that you can have option C and you can cash it in. Um, maybe I'd like to see more of that. I don't know. It's not really something I've thought about until just now. Um, but yeah, with Eddie Edwards, I love where that's going. I'm going to be excited to see now what happens with Ace Austin and him holding the title because I think he's going to be an incredible, incredible X Division um, representative. I'm really excited to see what um, the North are going to say after their tag team win because who's up next for them? What? Who's actually? Who? Legitimately, who is stepping up to their plate because they've beaten everybody to date? Um, really excited to see what Rob Van Dam's motivations are for him turning heel. I think it's going to be such a cool moment. Uh, Tessa, where's she going to be at? Where's she going to go now? Again, via Twitter. Um, I said about I th I would find it quite cool if uh, the women's division knockouts turned to her and said you ran away from our division you ran away from us um, I don't think you can now compete with us anymore and for Tessa to then have to try and battle between the OVE feud also going into the women's division what she can do there I want to see who steps up next to Taya, to Taya sorry uh, there's so many different cool ways to go and obviously with Callahan and Cage who's stepping up next to Cage has Callahan actually left the, the title picture scene? Where's he going to go or is he going to continue? And if he is going to continue going at Cage, what's the next level? There's a real chance in my mind that Callahan creates his own match and that's the way that he beats Cage. I don't know what that match will be. A spit fest? I don't know. Wrestling in spit? This is not WWE in the 1990s. I don't know what any of that is. But I am now firmly believing Cage is going to have to face Callahan in a Callahan designed match. That was a bit of a mic drop to end the show on. That's exactly how I'm going to do it though. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Impactful Pod. I can be uh, hit up at on Twitter, sorry, at Impactful Pod. That's on Twitter at Impactful Pod. Uh, any questions, any feedback, let me know on there. Um, but until next time, I'm not sure when the next time will be. It'll be when I've got something to say about impact, uh, which the way things are going could well be every week. Um, yeah, I'll be back in the near future, I'm sure about that. Until then, treat yourself.